0: Talk Radio, this your boy, Fresh, along with my partner in crime, Bummer Clyde, and uh, Bummer Clyde, where you at?
1: Right here, homie, what's up?
0: Nothing much, and I got my other partner in crime, Dankin. where you at? I'm right here, what's up, everybody? All right, yeah, today we got a special guest who's another West Coast legend, go by the name of Cocaine, he was part of the, uh, part of Woofist Records doing his Apex, and was heavily affiliated with artists like Above the Law and Snoop Dogg. Now he'll about to take us back in the day when uh Oofless was running and G Funk was the music of choice. So let's give it up for cocaine. Cocaine, it's good to have you on the show, man. Hey,
1: I appreciate the invitation, man. Much
0: love to y'all. Salute. Yeah, no problem. All right, so uh starting off, what what part of uh Pomona, California did you grow up in?
1: Uh, I'm from the west side of Pomona, they call them Kelly track. Okay. Uh, we but had a
0: hood,
1: you know, from uh, west Side Mafia to Centown, you know, some of the gangs that was around there. So, you know, grew up on the west side of Pomona. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, and I haven't got to ask you, you was originally born in Brooklyn, right? Nah, I was originally
1: born at South Bronx. Oh,
0: okay. You know, yeah. there,
1: so, um, you know, it got too cold out there for my mom's out there, so she moved to the west side, you know, oh. when I was young. At a uh, you know two round well, two years old, okay. You
0: know? and uh, and, and and to my surprise, your uh, your father, uh, Jerry Jerry Long Senior, he was a music composer for Motown. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. Uh, you know, the apple fell off the tree, man. My pops, you know, is Jerry Long Senior, and I'm Jerry Long Junior. Right. And, uh, You know, his works include "Just for imagination, Imagination." Uh, uh, for the temptations, uh, he worked a slew of songs with Marvin Gaye, uh, his Funk Brothers. Uh, he was a, he was a big guy over there, man, musical genius over there at uh, Bowtown.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was
1: blessed enough to be born with in the DNA, you know.
0: Right, right. So, uh, is that what pretty much had influenced you to get into the to get into the music?
1: Yeah, you know, we was always growing up, you know, in the early seventies. You know, we had nothing but them forty-five records uh, and eight-track. You know, back of the days, and music has always been in my household. You know, also my uncle Willie Hutch, who at that time, you know, he was smoke, he was on fire in the seventies. Uh, you know, by doing soundtracks, brothers going working out. He wrote Ivy uh, Alvin Bear at ABC.
0: Right. So, you know,
1: music was always uh, in our household. It's like you know, before we can even watch television, we always had music.
0: Right. Yeah, I can I can relate. <laughs> you know. Yeah, cause I mean, sometimes if we didn't have a TV, at least we had that radio. <laughs> oh,
1: we couldn't live without the radio. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Growing up, you know, in the '70s, you know, that was a uh, that was a very important year for R&B and rap. You know, at the same time, you had groups like Earth, Wind & Fire, Big Ups to, uh, you know, to Earth, Wind & Fire, uh, Parliament, Donny Hathaway. Right. You had had people touching on social conscious from the last poets to war to Curtis Mayfield, and then that's when rap was really, really making an explosion, you know, really, really, really starting off at ground level. And it was like a big pot of gumbo being around those different aspects of music. It just right. had a lasting impression on me. It's, it's the contributing factor of why I love music uh, today. Right. Man, the 70s was a very important year. You know, some of these kids would just take the time out, take the narcissism away, and take the carnal and the money thing away. You know, they realized, man, it wouldn't be none of that if it was wasn't because of those cats that paved the way for all of us, and, you know, I was privileged to pay f- way for the new cats. So, right. you know, being coming from that year, you know, it's it's something about, you know, the funk that had a lasting impression on me and soul music that had a lasting impression. And, you know, it tells, it, it you can tell it stands the test of time. Oh, because yeah. Booty Collins and George Clinton at their age, Doing what they're doing, it blows the imagination away. Exactly. You know what I mean. So, you know, my thing is, I was touched by the spirit, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so, so. Yeah, and so um, so uh, how how old was you when you really started taking music serious and wanted to, to get on into it and become an artist yourself?
1: Um, I think I took that serious at four or five years old you know i remember being in the early session in the 70s with my dad uh and in the ojs and uh back then i was a little guy but I, I remember praise god i remember that you know the spaceship you know the running board looking like a spaceship and i was already a space cadet, yeah you know what i mean and i just i just knew that's what i wanted to do you know first I was singing before I decided to rap and you know, once we really got exposed to the rapping from, you know, early seventy five and seventy six, you know, it was just like a kid in a candy store, you know what I mean? That that's, that's uh, both Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's
0: right. So um so when we when, when you started uh making a name for yourself, when you started uh recording and uh started doing music. You know when you when you started getting your name out there.
1: Well, I started doing talent shows in uh, mid '85, following up under my cousin, because my cousin is called One Eighty Seven from the group Above the Law. Okay. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they actual first record came out in '87. Well, Hutch, it was called The Wizards of Rock. being before Above the Law, and I was called oh, Jay Rock. Gold. I was called Jay Golden because my grandmother named that because I got funny-looking green eyes. So she named me Faye <laughs> and And uh, we was doing, you know, my first, uh, I was doing talent shows in 85, and did a lot of talent shows, a lot of talent shows to try to get out there. And uh, we was pop-locking and breaking, you know, the whole art form. And in uh, cool. 86 was actually my first record. A lot of people don't know that but it was with my uncle, Uncle Willie Hutch. But it didn't, it, it didn't do that good or nothing like that. Um, so years later, you know, I kept it up, kept up my craft. And uh, after, like, 86, I really started really taking it serious, serious. And then it was a blessing once Hutch, you know, Cole 187 from Above the Law, you know, they they start falling right and doing business with this cat named Laylaw. Was a contributing factor of NWA, and um, you know, once they got linked in in '88 and '89, you know, my cousin called me and he said, "We got to change your name, Jay Golden, because that's kind of corny."
0: Right. I was like,
1: "But you know, Granny gonna Granny gonna get you." He named me, but we laughed. <laughs> and, uh, he said, "Nah, man," he said, "My name, Lyrical Murder." You know what I'm saying? Call one eight seven. He said, your name got to be Cocaine because you don't. Because, (laughs) you know, Code 187 always liked the way I spit. He liked the way I sing and rap because I was always singing and rapping. Always singing and rapping. And then, um, you know, we got hooked in with Easy. And, um, man, Easy at the end of 89 and 1990, I signed. And um did a three song demo first and Layla gave it to Easy and Easy was like, Wow man, cocaine is really cocaine. Don't be through he do the fuck anyway. Right. I'm signing next week, you know, I was signed.
0: Yeah. So, so Oh go ahead, go ahead.
1: Nah, so you know, basically, you know, that was that was my, my run, you know what I'm saying? I think being inspired in the seventies Doing, stepping out on the road to actually wanting to do and be inspired by what my dad, even even uh, certain people like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was a big influence on me.
0: Right. You know what I mean?
1: When I seen him did the moonwalk on Motown 25, I was like,
0: oh, no. That's what I Yeah.
1: So big ups to Mike. Mike was, was he's so much inspiration. But yeah, all those. Um, Different steps that it took to get to to, to Easy E.
0: Right. Huh? So so um how so how was it uh? How, how, what was your perception on Easy E and uh and Jerry Heller?
1: Oh, they had a great relationship, with you know, yeah, you know, a lot of people like to badmouth Jerry Heller and different other things. You know, personally, you know. It's like when you look at the, the matrix system of the business, uh, it doesn't matter if you're Jew, Mexican, black, there's good and evil in every business. There's certain things that go on with the business. And
0: this right. is one of the
1: most treacherous business to be in. Clement right. 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 Rock just didn't land on it. You know, this has been going on since the Chuck Berry days and different other things and concepts yeah. that were yes. cooking some people. So, this been rolled out. The 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 the, the mild really controlled it back in the days. They got a different name for it right now. I think it's called corporate. You see what yeah. I'm saying, right? So, yeah. You know uh, when Easy and Jerry. When I met Jerry, you know Jerry. You gotta realize if Jerry was not in the picture, he had a connection to the Jewish people who really controlled <laughs> the game. So at the same time it was it was both of them camaraderie, you know what I'm saying? That really, you know, out of that camaraderie, the tree from ruthless, it wouldn't be none half half of this stuff that you wouldn't be no aftermath fifty cent. It wouldn't be no Q. It wouldn't be for me. So you gotta go back to the root. Everybody always looking at the branches, but show me from the root to the tutor. Show me the root. Yeah, because man.
0: Yeah, because uh, me and Bamba, we always we always had that conversation, you know, when we get to talking about the the West Coast sound, you know, we said that uh, you know, ruthless and NWA, you know, that was the that was the the the, the family tree, the beginning there, but like Long yeah. and uh, Jerry Heller, those those the patriarchs, you know, they yeah, they, they made yeah. it all, happen. all
1: because all because brother a, a, a real
0: a real ninja.
1: You know, I'm saying the real name, the real ninja from cop yep. Put up his hustle money. He put up his hustle money. LinkedIn. He didn't, and nobody else had the business source. Everybody was the talent. Drake, yep. Q. Everybody was the talent. But it, this game is really people got it backwards when they think about successful, being successful in this game. It's really not eighty percent of the music that you'd be concerned with. It's about of the business. Exactly. So Easy understood the business, and he took a chance, man. And out of him, Jerry Heller, you know, for good or for bad, because we got to count our blessings, those two are gone. I mean, Jerry just got buried. How ironic on Eric's birthday. Right. It's September the 7th. So, you know, in certain things, you know, as we are living and able to be witnesses and tell the story, you know, everybody got good and bad, but. Still, it's accountability, and you got to go back to the root, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I, I, not to say it was business good all the time with Jerry Heller, but right. at the same time, I still got to be able to say to God Almighty, well, thank you for the likes of a Jerry Heller.
0: Because right, at yeah. the same
1: time, you, you know, people think their success is built upon just having good, good, good all the time. Nah, man, look what them brothers had to go through. Yep. Look what all of them had to go through. Certain things, and then at the height of success, all the evil—evil is coming. People trying to extort you, and all this. Right. You know what I'm saying? So you know, yeah. from outside, it's always skimming off the off off the top like a little flat rock on the lake. But when you go to want to go in deep, it's much more deeper, man. The relationship yeah. had to be. If there was yeah. no people talking all that bull crap. But thank God it was a Jerry Heller and the Easy that got together and made this happen because, hey, man, they can talk all day, but Cube, Dr. Dre, any one of us, I guess they ain't complaining with their bank accounts.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, what, what was the atmosphere like at Ruthless, you know, when, when everything was live and, you know, the music was hot, you know, because I mean, Ruthless, I tell people Ruthless was big as Deathro head became and was big as no Limit head became at his time. Well you
1: always gotta give love to the originator, brother. Right. I mean not nothing, nothing surpasses the originator. Um it's just like if you if you are religious, um you can write many forms of inspiration off the Bible, but ain't nothing like the Bible.
0: Right.
1: You see what I'm saying?
0: It. You can yeah. try to
1: hit the will but still, you got to go back to the win.
0: <laughs> so
1: Eric was not only just a prototype at a time to win. You know, cultures. It was a culture shock because of certain things that are going on in society in those suppressed environments, from like police environment, genocide. He embodied all that. Here's a person. That's why it should be. It should be more talked about in college courses and different other things because of easy.
0: He broke yeah.
1: the stereotypical uh, a line that you've got to view, you, 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 you're a nigga from Compton, you can't do this. He broke all those stereotypes and right. created a, a multi, multi billion dollar tree. So, therefore, you can have your Dev Rolls, you can have your this to come afterwards, but it's nothing like kind of saying go back to the Bible. Eric was the Bible of something to set up, and he didn't even know how it was probably. I mean, you know, if he had a chance, I'm sure he's smiling down in heaven. Yeah, but, yeah. you know, Eric, you know, I see a lot on, and it's not taken away, from, cannot take nothing away from Dr. J. Q. But why, you know, or well, hopefully my prayer is, is for Eric to really be, you know what I'm saying, much more than part of a group. It was yeah. much more than that. You know what I'm saying? Here was a person, five foot something, always carried a Compton hat. He made everybody feel like they somebody. He made $10 million a year, and he didn't run around here like a narcissistic fool that forgot where they came from. See, he was much more. He was our leader. Right. So working around ruthless, it was natural because, Eric, you might have $10 in your pocket. Eric might pull up. And say, here, here, man, it's nothing, man. That's how he talks. Let's get this shit cracking. You're to keep this <laughs> shit so we going to roll with this shit, man. And we feel good and pumped up. and That's why it's like, wow, you know, he was, you know, thinking about Easy, he was like surreal, man, even when I think about it. Like, he was kind of angelic to me in a hood way. You know what Blair. I'm saying? Like, Blair. you know, him and, and my little bro, Pac. And, like they gone too soon brother but they left a lifetime for everybody lifetime of good things to happen so being at Ruthless it was special Um, you know the times where I was witnessing everybody coming in and going out some people passing you know I look back 26 years later brother seeing how Pac was developed through the Ruthless line believe it or not yeah Right. Seeing how all, seeing how Suge used to be around bodyguarding for Bobby Brown and DOC at that time. Seeing how Snoop was wasn't even it, above the law. Was originally going to put out Snoop Dogg's records exactly, because he had a studio in La Angeles, and Citinella. But I was assigned artist. I was assigned artist, and 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 Snoop couldn't wait around or nothing like that. And, and, and Hutch, Code One Eighty Seven. Hold on, right quick, son. If you don't close that door while I'm talking, no, you talking. I'm t- on the phone. Be quiet. Just be quiet. Go back in there. I'm on the phone. Right on, brother. Sorry about that. It's my little son. No problem. All okay. good. But um, just just uh, seeing all these things that that wow took place, man. All because of ruthless records, man.
0: So. Go you gotta think
1: about what he affected, you know.
0: He was uh he was our real Russell Simmons to the West Coast. Right. So look with uh with Snoop, uh how how did y'all officially uh discover Snoop? Well
1: Snoop was originally uh discovered by um Cole one eighty seven originally and uh Warren G, all of us used to stay with Hutch. And Warren G kept telling us, "I got this guy from oh, Long Beach. hard. His name is Snoop. He hard." So like a year later, you know, Snoop came up to the studio, bubble Law studio in La Angeles, and Centinela. Uh, and my white boy homie B used to record Snoop and Warren G's first demos in like '87 and '88, and he was working right. for Above the Law. So we invited Snoop up there. And Snoop, he hit it off right off with a bubble law, and, and, you know, I was right there listening to him because he was the he was one of the coldest freestylers I ever heard at that time. Right. right. Wow. So we was working on this stuff, and this is all during the time that after we came back from London on the NWA tour, uh, doing the Niggas for Life, you know what I mean? After they did Disc Cube and all that stuff, we had yeah. came back and Somehow, you know, it was a discrepancy with the money with Jerry Heller at that time, and and uh, we was wondering what was going on about the long cocaine. And Dr. Dre was like, you know, he was, he wanted to. I I I I think Dr. Dre wanted to leave a long time ago because they used to have creative differences and arguing and putting their records together, and Eric would have the last say. So, so I. I don't. I'm not gonna say it is, but the way I witnessed it, you know, it yeah. seemed like Dre wanted to leave anyway. Because to tell you the truth, Dre didn't never have to leave Easy. He was Easy was willing to work out anything for him. But the poison he yeah. got put in the bed through Shug, which years later everybody found out the truth about everything. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So we was like, Easy was like, man, Dre, why are you putting poison? They lived around the corner from each other. In Calabasas, yeah. so they were friends. They used to see each other. So he's telling them, why are you putting all this poison in, letting Suge put this poison in your head? Woofie whoop But Dre wasn't listening. Dre was yeah. listening to Suge, and they started Death Row. And at that time, uh, Suge was cool. He was cool with Suge. Suge was cool with the of Cocaine. In fact, he was doing some managing work. You know what I'm saying? Or. So, he said, man, I want y'all to come over here. You know, easy new trippin', and you know Jerry Heller knew tripping, right? So we was like, we didn't really hear back from, you know, because of the discrepancy part of Rupert. So we had a meeting with Shug, and actually the first people that was going to be on death row because we was speaking about leaving Rupert, because nobody didn't get back at us. We was wondering what was going on, so money ain't yeah. seeming right or whatever. So we was like, well, fuck it then. You know, Sugar's the homie. The first people on death row that it was going to be was not Snoop and the dog style gang. But actually it was going to be above the law and cocaine. Wow. So wow. We, we, what happened, the next week, Eric called a business meeting. We rekindled our business relationship. And being mindful of this, Snoop wasn't straight the here, none of Snoop's stuff yet. As far as that concerned, Snoop and Nate Dogg and them was over there with Hutch because Hutch was going to put out his record. He did a couple of songs right. on it. Right. But we rekindled a bulk of lawn cocaine, rekindled our business relationship with Eric, and everything got straight and right. And he tried to do the call the same thing, but Dre was already stuck on leaving. And, and I guess the poison that should put in his ear at that time, it resonated, and he, and he left. You know what I'm mean? saying? Now he was a breach of contract. He he didn't have to leave because you know Eric had him in contract, and, and Easy was getting more money off his off Dr. Dre's record more than did because he was still under contract. But Dre was settled on leaving, and this next month, the following month, Snoop and him wasn't coming around. It was like, what the fuck going on? Come
0: to find out, Warren G to Snoop. Up to drag. So when we see Snoop in there, we was cool, but when we see Snoop, he's on death row. We
1: rekindled our business relationship with him. So we wow. you see him, like, wow. So we was like, the black mouth of your life, when you hear the chronic, now I'm not going to say it is, but I know it is. When you hear the chronic album, it sounds yeah, yeah. just like Black Mafia Life. Well, Dr. Right yep. was actually supposed to produce on the Black Mafia Life. So words like 187, all oh, that's code 187, G-funk, uh, 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 balling, words like that. Months later, we see Snoop. We think they taking our shit because they claim yeah. they doing G-funk now. Word. So it was like, damn, like that? And then the uh, corrupt dissed the shit out of me, so we go back at them and Easy was reluctant on dissing. He was like, I'm not worried about Dre doing saying what he said because Easy was a businessman. He was getting bread because he breached the contract, but he still had him under contract. Yeah. So well, Eric yeah. got paid, but Eric finally got fed up after all this shit that had that, that happened. You know, niggas trying to extort him and all kind of other stuff.
0: So he was like,
1: "Easy was a real nigga. He wasn't going to be like, huh? He was like, let's ride. So, so we dissed them we on on, uh, 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 on the death Road, on, on my album, Funk Upon a Ride. We did yep. Uncle Sam's Kirk, and we did Dr. Dre 187 Killer. Because we felt they not only left, but they left and bit some of our
0: shit. Yeah. You see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So, so look, it, it took the glory. So, so look, and this this was another question that we had always wondered. Now, when all this was going on, this when the uh, the Deep Cover soundtrack was being produced, and even though uh, it was a Deaf Road project, you know, it was under solar because of you know the lawsuit with Ruthless and then. You had a song on there, but you had to go under another name. Yeah. So how, so, how did that come about? Well, that that's all
1: according to everything happened. Ninety one was a special year. Ninety one
0: and
1: ninety two was a special year. It was a series of events happened. Bing, bing, bing. Well, def, well, at the same time, they found this new artist, Dre. Right. Uh, um, a deep cover soundtrack was coming along that was know about that that Suge knew about, that certain people knew about. You know what I mean? But they took the side of Dr. Dre or whatever it was and had their stuff, but big ups to Hank Carwell. Big ups to Hank. He said, I don't care if this is a ruthless artist. Cocaine is dope. I like nickel slick nigga. And he vouched for that. You know, know, to keep it gangster. Hank Carwell vouched for that and put the only ruthless artist on the deep cover soundtrack, that that first album soundtrack was the very first time you heard Snoop Dogg on.
0: Right. You see what I'm saying? So,
1: all yeah. these things are happening, man. Months and later, you know what? I mean? We rekindle our business relationship with Easy. Dre left. Dre also left with the Black Mafia Life out. Right. And he left with the and and, and 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 all of a sudden, Snoop stopped coming up to the studio and Warren G. Then later, we see them in the club. Oh, you deaf row. Oh, we see sure. And then all of a sudden, the deep cover soundtrack. See, all those things happen in one year. Hey, uh, was, cocaine, um, was the original deep cover song for Cold 187? Um, I'm not sure if that was for Cold 187. You know what I mean? But the okay. demo that we had, the demo that we had, yeah, it was, it was something, uh, I remember the, some of the demos that, 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 uh, Dre had for Hutch and, and myself, um, because that was when my album came out.
0: The first right. album
1: that came out was called Who Am I? That was in right. 91 yep. too. Yeah. Yeah. See, 91
0: was a special year, fam. Right. Yeah. yeah so, so, um, so was you around when when Ice Cube had left? Yeah, when I when I came to Ruthless Records
1: like about a week or two, Ice Cube left. This was like uh end of eighty nine or ninety. And then he had left and, and and did his thing. You know, I give cube all the credit in the world, you know what I'm saying? Because Cube is not he like you know, we grew up we grew up in Pomona above the cocaine. We were out some real hood shit. You know, now Ice Cube was smart. He's an intelligent brother. And all that going to jail and all that stuff, he ain't never did that. He ain't never lived that life. Just keep it 100. Right. You feel me, But He was smart enough to see, you know, vision. You see what I'm saying? That's why he's in the position he is today because he made a smart move years, 20-something-odd years ago.
0: So when he left,
1: it was like, you know, um, we was like, you know, NWA was like, you know, F that dude, F that dude, F that dude, right? So um, it was back and forth. You know, he started his stuff, went to New York, Bomb Squad did that, you know, set it off with that record, No Vaseline, NWA did they did they stuff and um you know he left he was a smart dude that left at the right time
0: obviously you figure? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you so uh I mean, so so how it came about when uh when uh the Lynch mob and uh Bud the Law had the big fight at the at the music conference.
1: Yeah, well, you know. It, it,
0: it, you know, that's how it
1: started. You know, it, right. it, it was before then, you know, we had a concert in Anaheim. It was it was Rest in Peace, Guru, premiere, Dove in in the Mass Circle, Above the Law. I was there and um, you know, Cube had said something about where we came from in Pomona, something real comical. And we didn't take, we didn't take, we didn't take uh, uh, like it was it was cool, you know what I'm saying? We really got hot. The whole city of Pomona got hot. So he came to the concert and walked by my cousin, Hutch, eighty seven. Hutch looked around and said, you can't say nothing to me, you bitch-ass nigga, right? And yeah. he didn't say nothing, so Hutch gave him a two-piece chicken wing. Gold Mack gave him one, five big, big. You know what I'm saying? And tossed him up right quick. You know, so that started some beef. And then so many uh, weeks later came by the New Music Seminar. They seen them out there. And they got him up out there. You know, big rest in peace, KMG. He knocked out big, big-ass King's son. Bop! Hold him on the table. They were all getting him up. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, everybody got their opinions. But, you know, every, above the law came back, and everybody was blaming above the law closing down the new music seminar. <laughs> oh,
0: Damn.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, now, now T bone and J D them some real real hood cats though. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, them some real yeah. hood cats though. But Ice Cube wasn't no hood cat
0: like that. Right. <laughs> man, so uh and so when when you had started uh when, when you had did the first album why, why did you have to change your name? Well, what was the. Was it in the politics behind it?
1: Oh, the politics, man. They were scared. You know, Eric had landed, He he like I said, he was a West Coast Russell Simmons. He had the first one that landed three big deals. It was Poor, Broken, Lonely, Above the Law, and Cocaine. But we changed the name around in the first place. Now, notice years later, everybody cracked music and this and that, and da, 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 da. But we was trying to explain to them, like, look, Coca-Cola used to put coca- Coca-Cola products used to put cocaine in their stuff, They stuck, And they didn't change the name. It still spelled Coke. So yeah. why are you getting mad at a person that's saying he don't? And it's when you hear his music, you get hugged. But they wasn't having all that, so they turned it around and said, who am I? And people was going to the record stores where they was like, who the hell is are you? So that had a lot of problems to do with my name, cocaine, because Eric was no secret. It's no secret controversy. He knew how to maximize controversy. I mean, right. who would ever yeah. thought niggas, somebody be calling themselves niggas for, with attitude? You right. know what I'm saying? Above the law, uh, cocaine. So, you know, when they had put it out, they, I guess they made a brilliant decision to corporate people. To name it, who am I? And that really kind of stagnated my first album in '91. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. So, uh, KMG, you know what? Uh, can you tell us a couple of stories about him? How 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 was he? You know, may he rest in peace.
1: Man, KMG was was a brilliant, brilliant writer, and uh, he could sing too. He was just very talented, a lot of those. Cam G, you know, he was like one of the first ones to ever say the word chronic on record. Came um. our camp. The words, Baldwin, chronic came from R-Camp. These are the words, G-Funk, Balding, Chronic, came from R-Camp. Now, the whole world yeah. is talking about chronic and balding, but that's where it came from, the Balding, R-Camp. Right. So Cam um, G, man, he was the real black Superman, man. You know, he was quiet, but he was a killer, for real. Don't mess don't mess with KMG, you know what I mean? And he was just a good, good individual, you know what I mean? Good individual all the way around, and, you know, quiet, soft-spoken, but giving him that microphone, he was really like, he had a cold raspy, man. Like, so got a raspy, and back then it was KMG, the illustrator, eating chicken like wow. a mug, rolling my caddy, you know, with that voice. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, you know, okay. with his influence, you hear, you know, people like Trey D and people like Goldie Lo, who have that, you know, like the second coming of the raspy voice. You know what I mean? He yeah. was the illustrator. You know, he had that, he had that innovative approach to how he write. You know, I <laughs> miss that brother so much, man. Kev was my brother, and you know, yeah. his them records still live on, man. You listen to VSOP. You listen to Black Superman, you know what I'm saying? All kind of people in sports yeah. use Black Superman, and it's just a blessing to to, to uh, still celebrate his legacy.
0: Yeah, man. Because I tell you, one of the songs that I did that always got me hype was that California. You know, what yeah, right? yeah. I, remember, I remember when I first saw that video, man. It was uh, they, y'all was playing the concrete jungle in the in the beginning, and uh. Y'all was in the cold, and then the Hush throw the jacket off, and then you step into the sunshine. Yeah. And then, and then the beat kicked in, man. I tell you, me and my mama, man, we always got hyped about that song. We used to put it on Route City just for that song, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Law, if Eric
1: was around, Jerry Heller said this in his books and magazines. He said Above the Law would just been as big as NWA, bro. Oh, yeah, because yeah. um, they were yeah. on their way, man. They were the first ones, you know, like Jay Z, you know how he's doing it, flipping them boats. They were the first yeah. ones boats. Black, right. black yeah. Mafia type shit.
0: It's not what you do, yeah. it's what you control. Hustlers. Yeah. Shit. Right. Yeah, because yeah, I remember Jerry Heller said in this book, he said, Bug the Lot would have been NWA if NWA wasn't around, you know, just his D. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, look, so was you. Uh, was you official a member of Above the Law, or was you like an unofficial member? Well, I was an unofficial
1: member, but, I mean, that's my cousin. I, I did most of the hooks. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that, that really started back then, you know, cutting those demos in Pomona, then taking them to Audio Achievements at NWA Studio in Torrance, California. That really, like, set the tone for me doing features and then years later being the most featured artist in recording history. Right. But going back to those records, you know what I'm saying? You go listen to those records now, you know, from Vocally pimping to Uncle Sam's Curse, man. Man, yeah. we didn't even know in a prophetic way. Like, my cousin, it's a song called Return of the Real Shit, and he named Donald Trump politicians and different other things, it's kinda of like give you ghost box. You know what I mean? We were we were on to something very prolific that, you know, it had to be the spirit. But just like Pac, when you hear Pac Records and different other things like that, it's exactly what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. So right. it was very prophetic man to be a part of those history making records.
0: Right. Right. So, so, uh, back to the deal about the, uh, the California video was, uh, easy he out there when he was, uh, when he kind of started sounding sick. Nah, uh, Eric and supposed to coming around. I'll tell you a
1: funny story about that. Eric had passed, um, he had passed because right when we was trying to do the Duda video, um, was it, was it, yeah, right white we were gonna do the video. We were um, it was me, Hutch, Easy E, and Jada Pickett. This was long before you know Jada Pickett was the home girl. She's been around pop. She's that was the home girl. So she did film. Right. So she was actually going to film California Classic. That was our home girl.
0: Oh, like girl.
1: Uh, Virginia King is the home girl. You know before right. before they blew up, blew up, blew up. That was that was our homies. So uh, Eric was coughing. <laughs> it was like, man, it was like, nigga, what's wrong with you? Nigga said, man, I'll be alright. He looked kind of sad, man. But man. he held it like a G, man. So, you know, she was supposed to do the video, and Eric, right when we got outside, brother, Eric was like, man, he like it was like a farewell. That's the last time I seen him. He was like, man, you keep doing what you're doing, man. You. Gonna be alright, cocaine. He ain't never talked like that. And I'm like, what the heck? What the heck is going on? When me and Hutch got in the car, like, what the hell? And then we found out, you know, like a a week later, like, dang. But we still continued and did the video and um it was cool. You know, Eric's last video that appeared he appeared in was Call it what you want, and it's ironic that Tupac and KMG are not here. Yeah. Crazy man. That's real crazy. Damn. You know what I mean? So that was the last time we seen Eric, and uh, we did the um, we did the um, the album, and uh, it was history, man. That was like. Uncle Sam's Curse, Funk Upon the Line, was, like, really the blueprint of uh, G-Funk at his
0: best. Right. Yeah. Man, so uh, So y'all didn't get uh, to you know, go up and film when he was in the hospital or anything?
1: Oh, uh, we went to the hospital, but by then, you know, Tamika Wright was baller block in the instance. Right.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we didn't get to see him, but I didn't want to see him like that in the bed like that anyway. Right. You know what I mean? I I, I, I like to remember
0: somebody way on, time. you know what I
1: mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, so uh so after this, you know, easy he, heat he done passed on and uh you know, what was the atmosphere like in at Rufus Records Day? Oh, it's time
1: to go. Everything got frozen up. You know what I mean? When certain people are making claims, you know, the courts will come in and freeze everything up, all the assets. And uh, Yellow was like, shit, I'm not going to stick around. When Yellow mm-hmm. um, was working on a project called One More Nigga to Go, you know what I mean? But he said, I'll be damned if I run this shit through, through Tamika line. You know what I mean? So I went over to all achievements. We all had a meeting. And you know, Yellow always stayed dedicated to Easy, Rand stayed dedicated to Easy, above the law, cocaine, and some more of artists. You know, the only ones that left was Dre and and um
0: Q for their own
1: reason you know. But um yeah, when um Hey, what was I talking about, man? I just threw a blank. <laughs>
0: About uh about uh ruthless after after Easy died everything. That oh happened. yeah yeah
1: sorry about that brother. Uh,
0: yeah. So Yellow went up to this company called Scotty
1: Brothers and I went to have a meet with him and did a record called This Is For The E. And um, we went over there and put that out with um, Scotty Brothers. And I also got a deal over there called For Riders Only with me and Hunch. It was uh it was time to leave Ruthless Records man like. Eric is gone, man. It's time to go. So, you know, that was our lifeline, man. And, you know, it was a long stretch before, you know, I start getting back into the thick of things, you know, when Doghouse came, Snoop Dogg came. That was like in 99 and 2000. But it was hard the first um, three years, man, because that was our lifeline. You know, it wasn't no more yeah. big shows. It wasn't no more guest appearance. It wasn't no no going here. It was all over. We had to fend for ourselves. So that's why that you know, you know, being blessed enough to be, to have music DNA in my system, it encouraged me to continue on. And plus, I had a family. You know, yeah. you know, me and my wife had a family. So nine times out of ten, I would hear about somebody in town. And I just go to the studio nine times out of ten. I'll seen some on their hook, and they say we using this. We using this. We using this. And All it right. kept going and kept going and kept going. And it allowed a safe haven for me to make some money to put food on the table, and get my name out there even more. So I hooked up with Street in, these cats called Street Institute in ninety eight, the beginning of ninety nine. And I put a a record together with Trey D, uh, Two Short, Short Chop, and some more cats on there. And this was uh, prior to the Doghouse explosion with the Eastsiders and the Chronic 2001. But it was leading up to that, you know what I mean? Me and and Tracy Davis, Trey D used to record at the same spot. Uh, Me and Hab did always used to record Badass. So the doghouse was, like, predestined, you know, to, to really happen. But right. it was hard, right. man, after E.D.E. died, man. It was hard, brother. Man. Uh,
0: wow. So um, so how close was you with, uh, with Tupac when Tupac was around during those early days? And did you get to work with him on some, when he was on Death Row?
1: No, I didn't work with him on Death Row. But, see, Tupac was about to leave Death Row, to tell you the truth. Two weeks before he had died, I was with Tupac. Me, Spice One, after coming out doing this song with uh, Spice One and uh, Ice T, recognized game winning in Too Short. Went all right, write y'all. You
0: got the game twisted up and tangled, baby.
1: Yeah. 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 We reflipped that one, and uh, we see Pac running the Pac, and he, you know, Pac was my homeboy. Way before the devil when you know, when he had the Gumby. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We
1: used to be around Digital Underground. and Digital Underground, uh, uh, we shared mutual management, which was Atrian, this guy by the name of Atrian. You know right. what I mean? So Pac had came under that wing, but every time he came to L.A., he would mess with above the law. He would mess with lay law. You know what I mean? And then he started his group. I mean, Pac used to come around. One of his favorite songs on my album in 1994 was a song called uh, Sometimes I Feel Like My Day Is Coming. Won't you free my mind, free my mind, free my mind. mind. He always liked them type of songs. You know know what I mean? It was a trip. Yeah. Fox <laughs> was always around us, man. You know, you like he said on there, I'm calling what you want. I'm from the G Funk, but you can call it what you want. Long before yeah. people's claim of G Funk. Right, right, right. That was on the of law stuff. So, you know, years, you know, going back to when I finally bumped into him, two weeks before he passed, he was like, Look, I'm doing this movie with Jim Belushi. So, Jim Belushi. So, we go up to the downtown LA. Go mix it up with him, and he said, "Coke, Coke, man, I want you to be with my nation thing, meet my little niggas. We're on the outlaw. We're gonna do right. this thing, man. Like ain't nothing changed, man. This is gonna be hot. I'm glad I got you on the team. Boom, you and Spice won. So right. we we'll go up to his uh, studio, Can-Am Studio, and that was the night. That was the night where we had, uh, um, we had where I I had wrote Fortune and Fame the hook." Bang. Oh, word.
0: Something word. We all the door. Something we Stuck in his game. Stuck in the bank. So
1: everybody was writing their yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Everybody was writing their parts. So we go to his house. We follow him to his house. And I was playing on the piano. And he was singing. And he was in the in the kitchen organ with Quincy Jones' daughter. I remember it like it was yesterday. Arguing
0: like, man, I ain't tripping, man.
1: You're like, okay, this is what I'm finna do. I'm finna um 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 go go here out to New York real quick. And once I get back home, I want you to come with me. I was actually supposed to go out there with them, but I didn't Damn. Know.
0: That's crazy. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. Crazy unbelievable series of events. That's crazy, brother. Yeah. Yeah, so um uh, it's all uh later on it a uh a story came up about a, a late Mexican star named Jenna Riviera who was recording a secret hip hop album with you and Kenny McLeod before she died.
1: Yeah. That's another just crazy series of events. Man, that's a lot of things. I'm working with Mac Dre, Uh, yeah. DACA, uh just a lot of pop, E-E-Z, Um, just a lot of cats. And, and now what you said, Jenny Rivera, Jenny Rivera is a Latin singer. She's just like this uh, Latin singer that was very huge named Selena. Now, learn, she was learn. from Long Beach, and she's from Long Beach, actually. But if you're really looking, she is huge in the Latin world. So she wanted to work on a English album because she had never did an English album at all. So one of the guys that I was cool with, a mutual friend of hers, too, booked it up. So we recorded the record at Kenny McCloud's spot, who's a producer on Bone Dugs in Harmony. Uh, we recorded at his spot. And she liked the way I write, and she was a fan because that was when The Chronic was out, The Last Meal, The East Sider, so my name was popping. There was only two right. names on the West Coast that you could go for hook. That was the late, great Nate Dog and the legendary Cocaine. Right. So she was right. like with it, like, I want to write something. This is going to be huge. So I, I wrote the English part, and Kenny McLeod produced it. And um, years later, because of certain things that she had put it up. She put it on the back burner to concentrate on her Latin records, but she knew she wanted to do a movie and knew she wanted to do that English album. So it's unfortunate that, like, wow, like, I guess like four years later, four, five years later, she had that accident, you know what I mean, that, you know, yeah. her life was, you know, it's not here no more, man. She died in an airplane crash, you know what I mean? So. It's a. It, it, she was a very nice person, and and it was a blessing to be able to write, you know, for somebody that's great in another genre of music, and and now it's a blessing, you know. I give uh, thanks to her estate and um, Kenny McLeod and myself. We are actually shopping the Jenny Rivera because we own the rights to the English album. Ah, oh, that's dope. Oh, dope. Yeah. So that's dope. it's like wow, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's something like you don't, you wish you could bring your peoples back, but they yeah. all—it's it's a blessing when they leave you with something.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: And yeah. Uh, and, and speaking of Latino, uh, doing the ruthless, Day, was was he gonna was he reaching out to the uh, to the Latino rappers? I knew he had froze. Uh, was he gonna start like a sub label for Latino rappers? Oh yeah, Easy had um, Kid Frost,
1: um,
0: Brown, L T
1: and he had Brownside. And Brownside yeah. wasn't no rappers; they were real gangsters. Gangsters, yeah. <laughs> they ain't no rappers; they happen to rap, but them some real like you know. I ain't gonna say too much about them, but they some real And But Eric didn't care about that. Care you was Jew, Chinese, Mexican, black. He helped a lot of people. A lot of people don't even know. He was a real philanthropist, man. He didn't put it all out there. But do you know, man, that man helped so many people. He gave away so much money wow. like he never did. No, he never. And see, that's why, you know what I'm saying, he brought easy, he he was a, he, was, he didn't, it wasn't like he was concentrated on, but he was a peacemaker, man. Because of him, If he brought people together, man. Right. Yeah.
0: That was dope, man. Boy, McCoy, you got something
1: more to ask me? Oh, yeah, I was wondering how you, how were your feelings on the Straight of Compton movie? Because I saw yeah. somewhere yeah. in the interview where you didn't really like it. <sighs> Uh, hold on, let me, let me, uh, I'm sorry, but say that thought for me. Let me, let me tell the gentleman, before he keep calling me. Hold on, I like Okay. Yeah, crazy.
0: Yeah, man, I overlooked that question, man. Sorry about
1: that. Yes, sir. Sorry about that. Yeah. I was wondering, I was wondering, um, like, uh, straight out of the comp in the movie. I read in an interview where you didn't really like it kind of like how I didn't think it was really a real portrayal of, like, the actual event. How did I you mean, Well, they choose to do it how they want to do it, and, you know, in my humble opinion, it wasn't about NWA as opposed to more being about Ice Cube and Dr. Dre. I mean, if you have Cube yeah. vision, I guess you're going to do it fashion just for yourself because you got yeah. to remember at one point, you know, we never did leave easy. Y'all left it easy, bad-mouthed easy. Yeah, yeah. Years later, putting the movie together. And it's yeah. really only section for y'all. Y'all not putting everything that is important. Y'all turning around things. What? But, you know, for the most part, I let it go. That's my opinion. Everybody's okay. entitled to their opinion. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't, some of the things wasn't accurate at all. But right. when you separate, when you separate, When you separate that in a business sense and in Hollywood sense, it was a fantastic movie, man. It was brilliant. Three thumbs up. If you have two out of two thumbs, it was good. But was it? Did it? Did it portray the accuracy of those times? Well, no, it didn't, because I think you have to have different other sets of different. You would have to have documentary after documentary. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I mean, if I was there, my thing is I would at least and that's just my opinion, I would have put straight out of Compton Part One. I would have did three parts. Because yeah. you can't tell it all in one spot. Easy wasn't driving down no street broke it, broke as hell looking at some people's crying like <laughs> NWA crying and stuff. Right. You know, how would right. you know right. that's gonna happen anyway? Easy had money when he died, man.
0: Yeah. And see,
1: you can't portray stuff like that. But you know, it's Hollywood. Hollywood do what the hell they want to, man.
0: Right. Yeah. And another and another piece that I feel was important that they sort of uh, put it in the movie when Easy Heat went to the presidential lunch, you know, when George Bush had invited him you know, to the White House. You know, I mean, a lot of people don't know about that. Now that was one of the important milestones in Easy's. Needs I mean, how, yeah. would Eric, how would Cube know
1: more than what somebody told him? Whoever he had around him, they put this story together. I mean, Cube yeah. left Ruthless Records. Dr. Dre did, too. Above the law of cocaine, did not leave Ruthless Records, and we are a significant part of, uh, to be in, interjected into the right way of that. Man, come on, man. In 91, the first people you hear on the intro prelude is is above the law and the coke and cocaine, the character I call, free talk. Well I write y'all yep, I talk to USC, talk they, know, yeah. to UFC and why. They don't know about the shadow of me. Tell them
0: Pussy yep. Williams face. <laughs> so we yep. were part of history, like what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? But yeah. then, you know, when people people do what they wanna do, man. At the end of the day, what Q do is what Q do what the NWA did is what they did. And, uh, and God bless them. It's plenty room to tell our story. Exactly. And and another thing, while we're on that, um uh, okay, nah, I, I just want to get some clarity on this one. When Ice Cube had left NWA, was they gonna replace him with DOC? Oh. because uh, Jerry, Jerry Hill had mentioned it in his book that they had wanted to replace Ice Cube with DOC, you know, after Ice Cube had left the group. But Yeah, yeah, of course. D-O-C. Of course, of course. I mean, but D.O.C.
1: was all—he was in his own right. If if would have kept going and didn't have that misfortunate event that happened to his voice, man, yeah. And I'm telling you, he would be compared to Rock as some of the greatest MCs ever, man. Right, right. His styles is is what people use today. He was he was ahead of himself, man.
0: Yeah. For sure. Yeah,
1: man. No, and that all came from Easy E's Ruthless, man.
0: Yeah. Hey, hey yo, cocaine. My... Cocaine, how, yeah. how
1: strong was Easy E's weed, homie? Oh. My nigga had heroin. <laughs> 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 That's one heroin. <laughs> that
0: nigga had. That nigga come through in there. I don't want no more of that. Man, all these people
1: smoke pot, but there wasn't nobody fucking big like E. Right. The only ones that smoking big like E back then was Cypress Hill. Uh huh. um, Cypress Hill and uh, Pa. Pa and and
0: Easy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, 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 later, of course, Snoop Dogg is about the biggest weed smoker. It is. is, That's what he do, but. Not Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, word, word. All right. That's crazy. So, yeah. So, thank you. You got something you want to ask? Oh man, uh, make
1: sure. Oh, oh, I thought you was talking to me. My bad. Um. Well, you know, I wanted to first off thank you so much for coming on with us. Um, um, I appreciate you, man. Uh, what I wanted to ask you: Who is your favorite rapper? Oh uh, wow, shoot! Man, <laughs> I got a lot of facts. That's not fair. Okay, well look, top five, <laughs> top five,
0: real quick, top
1: five. Uh, I would say, uh, yeah, I'm fashion for the old school. You know uh, what I'm already, saying? Already, I like Karis one, <laughs> yeah, like Karis one, um, uh, Tupac, uh, already, um, Him. Right, right. Oh, really? Who else? Uh, uh, Run DMC. Okay. okay. Uh, shoot. Uh, Ice-T, Mixed Master Spade. I mean, <laughs> just, man, okay. you would have to say at least 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. That's
0: one man. i Yeah. And look, okay. and, a, and, a, and another thing, okay, uh, that I forgot to ask earlier, was Laylaw like the unofficial member of NWA? Yeah, yeah, he was like you know, he was family
1: with them. He's like I was. They considered me above the law, but I wasn't officially signed and none. Laylaw had his own uh, uh. thing called Law House. He had a production yeah, yeah. company, so we would sign the production company, but Easy would back it at the distribution.
0: All right. Okay. Okay. Right. So so. Told you know. You gotta, so.
1: So what you got going on nowadays, man? Oh, man, I'm running my company. It same like prototype, but I learned from the master. I learned right. from easy. So I got a company called Buddy Boy Entertainment. Uh, it's with me and my wife. You know, big ups to my wife, I got to say that, because she held me down in this madness. I got eight kids by that one woman, been with her 32 years. So she is the vice president of this new company
0: right. called Buddy That's Boy
1: Entertainment. Up. That's and true. I got my daughter project. I just released a project called The King of t phone And oh, they got yeah, everybody yeah, yeah. from Bootsy Collins to George Clinton to Snoop Exhibits to to Trady to Corrupt Death. You know, it's a crazy album. It's a double album, and it's all live. So that's doing extremely well as an independent. And we got this new group coming out uh, called the Dirty OGs. It consists of the OG, the legendaries. Uh, uh, Og's in the game from corrupt, the chills right. from the group, Compton's most wanted, from yeah, Trady yeah. from the Siders and cocaine from the ruthless. We call ourselves the Dirty Ogs, and we got a got a video out right now. It's doing good. California Classic. It's like a million, over a million right now. It's going went viral. So we just out here, man, right. reintroducing the '90s. That good music, you know. It's the return of G Funk. Cause mm-hmm. that's what. It, G-funk is. It's just another derivative from the P-funk. Right, you know what I'm right, saying? But right. the way we do it, incorporating the claps and, and live <laughs> instrumentation. You know, music, when you hear day's music, you can't knock the hustle. You know, but music days is so repetitive and every beat sounds like each other. There's really no substance to it. So with this new group, Dirty OGs, we bring you that hardcore substance back to the game
0: period. All right. So in your opinion, man, what's the uh how 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 do you feel about the difference in the music now between now and the way it was back then? Oh man, it's totally
1: different, man. It's garbage, man. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I'm <laughs> saying? Not all of it is garbage. I'm not gonna you know, I'm not no player hater. You know what I mean? But everything has became a gossip, uh using drugs like like, it's the thing to do, you know, and it, it, it's just, it's silly. Because music right. is a reflection of what we go through. The reason why we were saying F the police back then. Well, look what's going on in society today. It's still F the police. Yep. You know, you're dealing with a capitalist capitalist society and certain things that that the, the, the rich from the poor, you know what I mean, that are still going on today. So our, we have more we were able to talk about more substance. Nowadays, if you try to talk about something positive, people look at you as goofy if you ain't on Instagram screen printing money looking like a dummy. You see what I'm saying? So it's more slavery perpetuated nowadays through music as opposed to, you know, having music that, that gets someone going through jail or gets someone going through a certain issue. Music is powerful, man. But in my yeah. humble opinion, a majority of the music that's made, man, that shit ran by the devil himself, man. Yeah.
0: Straight up.
1: Straight up. I
0: uh-huh. really. That's everything, everybody. Just, uh Just appreciate you uh, being on the show with us, cocaine, and uh And there you have it. We have another untold story told. Cocaine gave us the thrill about it from the beginning to his come up, to his apex, and all the business that went down in between. If the Vita Talk Radio don't talk about it because it didn't happen yet. Hope you enjoyed the show. May old school hip-hop live forever. Peace. Peace.